Hello and welcome to Refigure, the podcast about culture, diversity and the arts and annoying seagulls. I'm Christopher and I'm Reefa. show today we're going to talk about this six-part series called Mrs America which is on the BBC iPlayer at the moment and we're also going to talk about the three series of Get Shorty which we watched over the weekend. Yeah they're on Sky we've binged them. How are you feeling? I think we'll probably talk a bit about it in when we cover Get Shorty but I'm feeling very fragile and I've found some aspects of Get Shorty somehow sort of set off some stuff in me. So I've been really not cheerful for a few days, even though I really enjoyed the show, and we'll talk about that later. But I have got lots done. I'm spending an inordinate amount of time in the attic waiting for the seagull teenagers to return so that I can fire this water pistol at them and get rid of them. And it's become a bit of an obsession. I'm not trying to hurt them, I'm just trying to get them to go somewhere else. Apart from that, we went to a Mexican pop-up and had tacos. That was really nice. We also got some beer that I really liked. Um, So I've been eating and drinking really well over the weekend. (laughs) But I got that feeling this week I really needed a retreat, like a proper going away, sitting in a log cabin on my own, writing notes on paper sort of retreat. How are you doing? You can always go in the attic. I could lock you in the attic, no problem. (laughs) How have you been? I think, think the two might be related, the eating really well and um, be, being I a bit miserable. And being a bit miserable. I think I don't think baked goods are good for you. Anyway. I haven't eaten that many baked goods though. Yesterday's tea party. Well, yeah, but that's because you organised a Zoom tea party. There's no point blaming me. I'm just oh, okay. saying like <laughs> that the okay. two might be related. Okay. Have a banana or an apple. Yeah. How have you been feeling this week? I feel really well, actually. I've been eating apples and having a great time. <laughs> Sometimes uh, TV programmes can be triggering uh, for different reasons. I think I might have told you already that I took off messenger facebook twitter linkedin even off my phone which freed up so much brain space for me like i'm not constantly checking things i'm not constantly thinking about stuff that i can't control and that means that when i do like post something maybe about black lives matter or something it's like coming from a place of strength not feeling like overwhelmed by it and i've had quite a lot of nice zoom calls recently with people who are in a similar world to me who are doing similar work so it's really helpful for me to have people around me that aren't necessarily my good mates but are like there to be accountable to for like making sure that i get my word count done every day or to like just to talk about stuff that you don't talk about with your mum or your best friend with or your podcast partner (laughs) when one feels a bit sensitive it feels like you take on other people's stuff as well so you just have to be mindful of that i think we should talk about mrs america because i want to tell us about mrs america i may have forgotten some of the facts all right against women I am not against women working outside the home but what I am against is the women's liberation movement 
Who the hell is Phyllis Schaffler? We need to get the word out quickly. We want the right to be a mother, the right to be a wife. The Libbers want to create a sex-neutral feminist totalitarian nightmare. Do you know what you're saying has no basis in fact? Our movement is about fighting the oppression of all women. We do not want housewives thinking that we are against them. We are against them. Revolutions are messy. So in the UK and most of Western Europe, we had successive left-wing Labour governments who supported equal rights for women and minorities and put them as law in the 1970s, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the Equality Act. Employers can't discriminate against people with protected characteristics like gender and sexual orientation and race and religion, um, etc. But in the States... The Equal Rights Amendment, which is known as the ERA in this um, drama, was supposed to grant equal rights to women, and it's still not law in America. This series, Mrs. America, tells the tale of um, how key players in the women's rights movements, like Gloria Steinem and Shirley Chisholm, galvanised power and support in Congress and across America sort of out of the momentum of the civil rights movements in the 1960s. I mean, it's really powerful, this piece, because they've they've spliced it together with real footage as well. So even though everything's sort of fictional, it's based on the real events. The drama or the tension in it is like how they need to get 38 states to ratify, to agree to the ERA before it becomes law and all the different ways that they campaign for it. So it's not a documentary, but it's a great period piece for someone like me who doesn't really know that much about the American women's rights movement. They call it the second wave because in Gloria Steiner's book, which she references at the end, you know, that the first wave being the suffragettes and then this is the second wave of it. But the infighting is where the drama is as well, like over whether like the lesbian gay rights should be part of the ERA and the different camps like those who love Gloria Steinem's style and those other sort of old school feminists. That's sometimes at odds. What I found interesting as well, like they had so much power then as like politicians were like desperate to sort of hear their voices and on both sides and like further their causes. And there's black feminism as well is like part of the story, but it's briefly noted, you know, how black women were often like tokens in this largely white women's struggle and there's a whole episode on Shirley Chisholm who is the first black woman in Congress she's played by the actress that was crazy always in Orange is the New Black they sort of show her eventual defeat after being let down by the white feminist leaders who decide not to support her anyway most of the series is dedicated not to all those people but to the story of a right-wing charismatic woman called Phyllis Schlafly god She's played brilliantly by Kate Blanchett. She's this 1950s family values wife of a prominent lawyer with six kids. She's got this black maid. She like rules with an iron rod in her own house with these teenage kids. She's got really strong views about feminism and abortion. She's anti-feminist, right? She thinks that equal rights will destroy the fabric of American life. Starts off with one of her arguments being like, oh, well, if we have equal rights, then girls will have to be sent to Vietnam for the draft. Anyway, she ironically is a feminist, right? Because she has loads of agency. She's frustrated that her husband won't let her go to law school, even though she is an expert on nuclear physics, I think. 
she's galvanizing and motivating housewives across America to stop the ERA. And that's definitely not a story that I knew anything about. So what's really clever about this series is that the first episodes are all about this character, this Phyllis Schlafly. <laughs> And her struggles and her frustrations, and because it's so sympathetically played and shot really beautifully. I mean, the thing about the 70s that I remember, I mean, you might not remember, Chris, that everything was like a bit homemade and rough around the edges and people were a bit more grimy. And this is a really shiny vision of the 70s, right? Everything looks clean. Anyway, um, you sort of get tricked into thinking that this is some right-wing propaganda, like the series is like really sympathetic to her it's this really fascinating character who's why do certain people crave power and strongly believe that the only way to gain it is by opposing the rights of others so it gives a kind of insight this program into her thoughts and leadership and it's like the style of thatcher she was one of those evil women who thinks she's superior to other women and sort of blames women for being oppressed by their husbands or their bosses or society it's sort of it's some sort of character flaw that they're not perfect you know but there are there is a character who like many people goes on this journey about understanding what feminism is and like understanding and awakening of our own needs and she realizes she's been fed a lot of misinformation and lies about the women's liberation movement towards the end of the the series they have this massive women's convention and they allow everybody from all different parties to come along so these women who are the stop era they allow them to come they're open to them to come their voices kind of get drowned out though by these thousands of women and that story is really interesting as well so it's a really brilliant series what did you think of it chris well it's beautifully acted directed and designed and all those sorts of things it's a very kind of high value show can't remember if i mentioned mad men but it has a kind of um, smoothness of mad men and it's all wealthy people as well like that's why the houses are so beautiful is that on both sides everyone's pretty well off and comfortable i had some problems with the program it presents the things that get in the way of the progressives achieving ratification of the era it kind of portrays that as being their infighting so for example Tracy Ullman plays uh, Betty Friedan Gloria Steinem is played by Rose Byrne as very glamorous and very kind of uh, liberated and progressive whereas Betty Friedan is played I think quite unflatteringly I mean I don't know enough about the history but I don't trust this show's history so Betty Friedan is pretty much played as a homophobe who's motivated largely by jealousy out of Gloria Steinem though they're still ostensibly on the same side as the of the fight so the first question I had while we were watching all the way through was where are the corporate interests because it's presented almost as if Simply by the power of her forceful personality, Phyllis Schlafly is raising a massive movement to stop the ERA, even though the ERA had massive majority support during that time. And they, they mentioned that a couple of times. And what we do see is the kind of machinations of evil men in Washington manipulating women on all sides. Like So one of the things that constantly happens is both sides men fuck over the women when they've tricked them into thinking that they're allies that happens constantly throughout 
and that also happens to Phyllis Schlafly as well as she as she goes on her campaign. But what we don't ever see any of is the big business corporate interests, which was the real reason that the ERA didn't pass. Because it's presenting real women's lives, some of whom are still alive, it is taken for being a kind of fictionalised history. And I think it is far more in the region of fiction. We're all going to walk away thinking... I know it's a bit fictionalised and I'm sure certain things didn't happen, but I bet it's basically fundamentally a true story because all these people are real people. And that's utter bullshit. It's not a true story. What happens is corporate interests realise that they are going to lose millions, billions, if the ERA empowers women in that way and they stop it happening. That's what happened. None of that is there because I don't think it suits anyone to tell that story yet. And I think that's really ugly and then because I don't trust that and because I don't quite trust the portrayal of Betty Friedan or Gloria like Gloria Steinem is presented she's played really well by Rose Byrne she's presented as kind of almost a floating goddess of a character she's constantly in slow motion yeah she's like in slow motion she's always dressed absolutely perfectly she looks amazing everybody in the show she's like one of these very high gravity objects where everyone revolves around her she's the conversation she's the conversation even when she's not there which may have been what it felt like at the time but I suspect it didn't really feel like that I suspect that she was one person big prominent activist I just don't I just didn't buy a lot of it and I worry that people think it was progressive storytelling when actually it was protect the mainstream storytelling it's a bit like that one that I ranted on about last week. Is if you have these these movies that are supposed to be based on reality, obviously it's gone through lots of other people's filters about what really went on. Yes, I get you. I, I think agree. And we don't know what the production has had to go through to make it palatable for whoever's signing the checks, which brings us nicely to our next thing that we're going to talk about. We found three seasons of Get Shorty, which was recommended to us by our good friend, Jim Morrison, J.B. Morrison. Not the bloke from The Doors, because he's dead. The other bloke (laughs) from South London. Anyway, he said, watch this, you'll love it. It's the world of gangsters in Nevada. And there's a beautiful um, kingpin, and she is running this operation out of a casino in Nevada, just outside las vegas but the story is told by chris o'dowd's character who i always think of as the bloke out of the it crowd but he's been in loads of things he plays the main character who's trying to get out of the game and he's one of the lower level kind of thugs in her gang you ever watch rachel ray the talk show she got me thinking about how to maintain a healthy relationship you got to work on communication love yourself and take responsibility Katie doesn't like him hanging out with the people I work with. Me? Yeah. I mean, if you were kids, would you want them hanging out with people like you? Ahmad, I want you to make a collection in LA. If the guy doesn't pay, close the account. I'm such an idiot. Trying to finance a movie playing blackjack. What's that? A movie. Do me a favor and scoot over that way. Why? Well, cleaning your brains off that bookcase is going to be a hassle. You got paper towels? That's a real question. It's really funny... It's really engaging. Chris O'Dowd is phenomenal in this. 
there's some really brilliant characters which when you watch two things like Mrs America and then you watch a series like this you realise how much depth there is when they go into characters that you really know like whoever's written it knows what's going on in the minds of these people so it flows like a mystery and gangster thing and it's got a lot of influences from like Pulp Fiction and they even reference like different actors but of course it's all around the lens of the movie making business in Hollywood what did you think about it Chris? Yeah I really loved it and got quite deeply immersed in it I bought the character it's a comedy drama but it's drama length (laughs) it's not comedy length Chris O'Dowd I agree with you that he pulls off every nuance of a very complex character hints of breaking bad starting off his motivation is trying to get his girlfriend back because she's left him because his world is so threatening and awful that's his initial motivation and then he ends up almost by chance being involved in Hollywood and falls in love with making movies and he's clearly always been a movie character he is terrifying when he wants to be terrifying you get why he's so charming like it's really difficult to create a role where someone is doing bad things and the people around them know they're doing bad things but are still attracted to them anyway so often it falls flat it's because you're not a girl who's fallen for bad boys when characters who are in his orbit stay in his orbit when you think fucking hell you should be running the way from this guy you can totally understand why. There are incompetent gangsters in it, like really stereotyped incompetent thugs. But he is really competent and they don't drive the plot by incompetence. I love that. Ray Romano, who people, a lot of people know from massive hit comedy show, Everybody Loves Raymond. He is also in it as a, a sort of failing film producer who hooks up with these gangsters to get his films made. And he's brilliant as well. He falls in love with the mob boss. There are three seasons of this show. You can see them on Now TV. It's a Sky show. And if you've got access to Now and you haven't seen it, I would hugely recommend it. It draws you in. Now, got an issue with it, which is something that it's brought out in me that I don't like. So basically, I never wanted him not to be the bad guy. Like, you know, in those shows, you kind of normally, you want the main protagonist to survive, but you also kind of want them to reform and be better and go to the better side of their nature. And since Breaking Bad, everyone's been playing with that really well. We enjoy the unfolding character of huge, stressful, massive situations. I found large chunks of Get Shorty very, very stressful because of the absolute huge threats that were being put on everyone in in the show. But I never wanted him to reform. I just And when he does really bad things, I was just with him all the way. There were moments where he was not competent enough because he'd gone off the rails a bit. And then I wanted him to pull himself together. But not. I didn't want him to pull himself together and clean up his act. I wanted him to pull, pull himself together and kill all the right people really quickly. Like That's because he's such a lovable character. But this is the problem. Women stay with people who aren't good for them. He thinks that he's got out or getting out of the of working for the mob boss because he wants to get out and to give a better life to his daughter and his wife. But then it's more complex than that because he can't be what he is. He can't be anything other than what he is. Yeah, and it's brilliantly played. It's beautifully directed. It's it's actually really well written all the way through. Don't at this point know if there's going to be a fourth season. 
it's very chewy telly isn't it it's like you can really get into it just because there's I always wait to hear what the next bit was you know like i'm like oh are we gonna watch the next bit you know it's yeah. like and that rarely happens although i got it with um the bridge it was quite good as well now we've watched a lot of very progressive things lately uh that have been really full-on in terms of casting so women-led shows shows involving people of color in in the lead roles this was made a little bit earlier it's still post 2016 it's still like i think it's 2016 2017 for the first series or maybe 2015 so still fairly recent tv i did feel in terms of our viewing it was a little bit of a step back and i don't mean that that I don't mean that as a criticism of the show particularly, except that I think the portrayal of Hispanic people is... I don't know enough to know what I want to say about it, but it's not... It's its more like we would have expected five years ago, ten years ago. What I'm trying to say is that all the Latinos in the show are gangsters. There aren't really other casting things that have been done to counter that, I don't think. It does really develop all its characters really well, so we do get to know we characters we start off thinking as just really scary evil stereotypes tend to be really well developed into fully rounded characters over the course of the three seasons so that's a big point in its favor that counteracts what i'm saying but i did i wanted to say that because it's not yeah and i think that the later series so they go on a journey with it but you're right there is quite a lot of stereotypes and yet you know it's against a film you know and they put a female mob boss in it at mm. all and she's like a pretty obese woman and they never ever mentioned that as well so she's not she's really scary so i think yeah i mean the portrayal of women in it is not brilliant we were um in the first series we were thinking oh this is good we haven't really seen a strip club at all <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then in the second series we see quite a lot of, and there's a quite a lot of shots because i can't unsee this stuff of like in um what's that thing that was the with the princess in it megan markle what was her series called suits wasn't it yeah in suits okay my sister's a lawyer right yeah. and i don't think her office looks like this lots of women in pencil skirts and high heels Every single woman, if they're not wearing a stripper outfit in this program, just briefly, um, there's a few stripper the stripper scenes. The women all just ponce around on um, very high heels. Whatever. There's loads wearing. of shagging in it as well, and it's oh, yeah. really weird to to <laughs> see Chappie from the IT crowd doing like real shagging on screen. Is actually quite. Well, you didn't see Girls. No. So he's, he plays a really mean character in Girls, yeah. who's very one-dimensional, um, not like. Adam Driver's character. Let me just think about Adam Driver. <laughs> he's just... He's brilliant. And this is like... I've never seen him in like such a complex role before. Box and Dear listener, boxes. there was this moment where one of the minor characters, <laughs> who's a very attractive gangster called Ed, uh, who we got to know and he's very quiet and serious, and he, uh, for some reason, disrobed, and Reefer just went, oh my God, he's got a shelf. Yeah, well, there's some really funny sex scenes in it as well, which I thought were really good. Um, what Mormons get up to. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Anyway. Yeah. I wonder if that's all true. I think you... Of course it is. It's a documentary. So we highly recommend Get Shorty, then. Yarp. What are you reading for? 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 
for two weeks running I've been banging on about bell hooks but that's because it's brilliant 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 so I went back to the second one which I hadn't read I read the third one in the trilogy about love this one's called salvation black people and love she wrote the book because she talked to some young black people and she was really disheartened by the fact that they were cynical about love and just thought love isn't for them and we're not talking about romantic love necessarily but it is part of that relationships compassion for them as people and it all goes back to dehumanization of black people and that's still prevalent today as we know and all these books obviously were written in the early 2000s I think and she talks about self-love and about how um, in black culture the love of money has been more like how to transcend your your circumstances has been about working within the framework of capitalism and and transcending um, through love of money and and material things I'm only at the start of it but the way she writes I just find really compelling and interesting and I I just whizzed through her books like I read the other one in a day. I'm heartened because this new generation of people you know we talk about self-love and self-care in a way that I've never really heard in popular culture before so this has been a movement for the last few years Um, and it's so important for black women and black people and so this is a nice book for everyone to read about and so you can sort of empathize. It's called Salvation by Bell Hooks. Lovely. What are you reading? Well, Sky are developing a big TV series of Brave New World, the iconic um, speculative fiction novel by Aldous Huxley. It often gets paired with Orwell's 1984, as they were kind of sort of contemporary of each other. And they often get paired as as if they're two sides of the speculative fiction. So in Orwell's case an all-oppressive government aided by technology. And then in Huxley's case, the way that people choose their own oppression by it's kind of sold to them rather than forced upon them. I'd sort of talk about Brave New World quite a lot. And then when I heard about this TV series, I realised it's actually, you know, 15 years since I read it. Um, 15 years ago is not even 2020. It was like 2005, Chris. Yeah, so I've only just started rereading it. We all buy into our own surveillance. So it's not that the government comes around and puts a camera on our living room and makes us watch it. It's that we all go on Facebook and give the people in power all our information voluntarily. And that is what Huxley kind of portrays in Brave New World. It's a visionary, psychedelic book. It has lots of problems because it was written a long time ago. And I just remember that phrase, pneumatic. Oh, yeah. Pneumatic. The women are all pneumatic. And... <laughs> I still don't quite know what that means, but I think it means like, I was going to say like hourglass, but I think when I read it when I was a kid, I thought it meant mechanical. Ah, I see. (laughs) It really informs Ballard as well, doesn't it? Um, Huxley really informs Ballard I never read any of that because that all felt... And all of it is misogynist because all of those men are like publicly educated, very privileged men who never hung out with any women except in difficult circumstances. I mean, it's difficult to read... Ballard, even though he's incredible. he Ballard's an incredible visionary. Going off topic now. Huxley is an incredible visionary. So yeah, Brave New World by uh, Aldous Huxley is my current reading. I'll get through it before next week because it's only like, it's just quite a small novel. And that's our show. I really, um, yeah. <laughs> Hope you have a good week, listener. We'll see you again next time. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Tell your friends. We need more people listening because we're so 
interesting. <laughs> we are. We deserve more. Yeah, take care. Follow us on the socials. Give us nice reviews. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't fly up.